and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on this program. I was going to talk about the BLM mansion. I'm going to talk about something else instead first. If you weren't here or were in the first hour, the Attorney General for Georgia was on with me, Chris Carr, has uh, gotten together a group of state attorneys general to file a lawsuit against the Biden administration over the mask mandate in public transportation, particularly aviation. There really is no reason at a technical basis to have a mask mandate on airplanes because of the air filtration system. Uh, it, it really Even the, the air manufacturers say it, it's higher than surgical quality, that if you have a respiratory contagious disease on a plane, you are highly unlikely to give it to other people on the plane because of the way the air flows on planes. It goes uh, from the ceiling down to the floor and moves at such a high clip that it is very hard to even spread something to the person sitting next to you. But he also talked about something else, and I, I want to spend a little bit on this, and it's been a while since I've talked about this. And I really, I, I, I really want to talk about this because I've been reading a number of stories lately that have just driven my blood pressure up. Had my physical this morning. They said my blood pressure was perfect. I'm always worried about that one. But I want to spend a moment and I, and just please stick with me here on this on human trafficking, because there have been a number of stories lately that call it a moral panic that it's really not that big of a deal. It's really overstated. It's much like uh, the the groomer stuff down in Florida. Uh, The issue with the legislation in Florida for don't teach your kindergartners about sex is not because the teachers are groomers or the left is groomers, but it makes it easier once you start talking about sex with kindergartners. It then becomes a normalized thing, which then makes it easier for predators later. You need to have kids recognize uh, what, what's wrong and not wrong early on. Uh, and, and to be, there are some things, frankly, it's good that you feel uncomfortable about because it, it, it lets your spidey sense go, so to speak, that, that maybe something shouldn't happen. When you're normalizing sexual conversations with kindergartners, uh, it becomes um, less uh, of an uncomfortable thing later, and, and that's when the predators are coming. You heard Chris Carr, the attorney general, if you were listening to the interview, say the average age for human trafficking is between 6th and 8th grade for girls, also for boys, but mostly for girls. This is not a moral panic. This is a real issue. And it gets talked about a lot, and a lot of people on the left say, well, it doesn't happen that often. You're, you're giving it disproportionate weight. We're giving it disproportionate weight because it's children. And I'm, I'm going to say something here that's going to turn some of you off. It is my worldview. You'll just have to forgive me. But I think a society that normalizes killing of children in abortion is a society that over time uh, loses the sanctity of what a child and a child's innocence should be. From a theological basis, you go back to the new beginning after Noah, and God tells Noah, you got to kill all the people who murder. 
you have to execute the people who murder because you do not want to have people in your society who degrade the image of God to the point that they murder someone. And I don't think it's a coincidence that our, as our society moves away from the death penalty but is fully embracing things like abortion, we have a society that degrades humanity. And it's okay if you disagree with me. That's my personal theological point of the day. But I, I don't think you can argue with we are degrading and devaluing children. I mean, look at Halloween. Uh, the Halloween manufacturers of America are complicit with you in dressing your your uh, toddler up as a prostitute. I mean, you're, 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 what do you want to be this year, Sally? I want to be a whore. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's essentially what it is. I want to be hoary Snow White. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. You, you look at Halloween costumes these days, and you, you got kindergartners in thongs. I mean, look at the, the the childhood beauty pageant stuff. My gosh, the sexualization of kids. Our society is complicit with it, and human trafficking is a problem. And I I want to get into the the how here because a lot of people don't seem to understand it. The rules of the game have changed over time. It used to be that it was mostly women, not girls. And they were mostly foreigners smuggled into the country. Believe it or not, uh, as much as I, I don't give Barack Obama a lot of credit for border security, Barack Obama and George Bush before him went overboard in training agents at the border and customs to look for signs of human trafficking. And it has become harder and harder and harder over time to smuggle foreigners into this country. You know, it used to be young Korean and Japanese women who were smuggled into the country by the Asian mafia, and they were told if you say anything, your family's going to be murdered. Whether that was true or not, they believed it. And you still have the Asian-themed massage parlors all over the southeast near military installations, and a lot of that is prostitution. I mean, the shooter in Atlanta, as much as people want to scream about uh, it was it was anti-Asian hate. No, actually, he was going there for prostitution. But increasingly in this country, it's not that. It's kidnapped girls or girls with abusive parents. I interviewed a girl. I was doing a show, uh, and the show was not going to work out. It just, it wasn't. It was for The Blaze, for CRTV at the time, which became The Blaze. And I just, I didn't want to do, I, I got, was tired of the red meat stuff. And I wanted to do something deep and thoughtful about family. And I interviewed a victim of human trafficking. And you know how she was trafficked? Her parents. And no one at school knew. She had good grades. And she was on the softball team. And everyone just assumed she was an introvert because she was otherwise always home with her family. And she had a younger daughter, or a younger daughter, younger younger uh, sister. Then the family doted on the younger sister but also told the older sister if she didn't cooperate, they might do it to the younger sister. So she did it to protect her sister. And it was the dad 
And the mom was complicit in it. There was some abuse there too, and the mom went along with it. And the dad would take her around the southeast and essentially rent her out in cheap motels. Rent her out by the hour. It was her father. And she eventually escaped. She eventually told someone what was happening. Someone got a clue that there was something not right there. I think it was a teacher. Eventually confessed and they were able to get her and her sister help. She was rescued out of the out of the situation. But I'll tell you what happens more often than not is it's kids who run away from home and they get trapped. And I mean, they are kidnapped. They run away from home. They are offered drugs. They get addicted to drugs. This is a very common pattern now. Your eighth grader runs away from home, is taken in by someone who pretends to care and offers them drugs. They get addicted to the drugs. And it's not an immediate thing. It's a slow thing. Well, if you want more of the drugs, we don't have the money for it. But if you want the money for it, here's something you can do. And they begin slowly to be first acquire an addiction and then prostituted. I am friends with someone who had it happen to a son who befriended a girl on social media and sneaked out and struck up a relationship with a girl. And three sexual encounters in, the girl passed him off to her father and then basically said, uh, obviously, you can't go home. I mean, what are you going to tell your parents? You might as well stay here with us. And the boy had a good enough relationship with his parents. He fled. This sort of stuff happens in the United States of America in the 21st century. It's, it's awkward to talk about. I don't like talking about it. Uh, but there's also the sense when you talk about these things, what you find is that a lot of people think you're overstating it. They think it's it's really not that big a deal. It's really not happening that often. It's happening more than you want. I mean, you heard, the Attorney General for Georgia said they just rescued 107 kids from human trafficking. Last year, there were about 100 some odd kids rescued. And you, okay, in the grand scheme of things, you're a state of 10 million people. It's, it's, it's a couple hundred kids. That's still a lot. That's the future. It's, it's one too many. And many times they use, like, there was a lawsuit in uh, the metro Atlanta, Georgia area a while back where uh, young girls were being abused in a hotel room. They were being trafficked in a hotel room. One of them broke out. They went to the, the hotel lobby to beg for help. And the people in the hotel lobby were all on the payroll of the traffickers. It was up by where the Atlanta Braves play, uh, the TP in, in North Atlanta in Cobb County. And the hotel is now being sued by the families of one of the victims who had been kidnapped. And y'all, it, it happens more than you like it. This is not the fun, cheery topic of, of a of a Tuesday. I am sorry. It's not the entertaining, lively topic, but it's, sometimes you just got to talk about this crap because it happens and, and we turn a blind eye to it. And it, this goes on and, and it's it's nice to see elected officials 
standing up and taking a stand on this and not falling into the it's all a moral panic stuff that some people say. And, and the problem is that as our society moves more and more towards legal prostitution, it's harder to have these conversations because many times the, the, the victims are the ones who say, well, it's my choice. It's not really their choice. They've been made to be addicted to drugs and now they say it is their choice. It's not a victimless crime. And we get so libertine sometimes, we, we think that. And y'all, it's, it's really not. And it could be your kid. Don't say never. I mean, I, I, I know a boy, and it happened to him by befriending someone on social media he thought was a friend on social media. I know someone, they're not a family friend, and it was their, their daughter. She ran away from home. Took him six months to find her. It's not the pleasant topic, but sometimes it's the necessary thing to talk about. And kudos to the elected officials around the country taking a stand. And I just want you to know and be aware, if your child is on social media and you haven't talked to them about this stuff, you really need to talk to them about this stuff. My children and my children have been targeted because of what I do. Something I, I don't want to talk about, but we we had to we've got to talk to my kids about the people they encounter on social media. Maybe maybe not for that sort of harm, but for harm for for just because people get mad at me and they want to take it out on my kids and they lure the kids in and then they want to do crappy stuff to the kids. Um, it happens and it happens not just to people in my position. It happens far more to people not in my position who don't have the resources or the means uh, to know what's going on. Uh, Glenn Beck has talked about his son got targeted on social media. They didn't realize it was his kid. It happens. And if your children are on social media and virtually every child has some access to social media, you better start talking to your kids about direct messages and instant messages and the people they think are their friends. Because a lot of kids just think if someone reaches out, and they strike up a buddy, buddy conversation on Instagram, you're their friend. And, and you get to relate to people on Instagram and think, well, he's my friend. I know him on Instagram and that's not real life. And the kid isn't discerning enough to know. And man, y'all, this is, this is, this is a thing that technology has made so much easier. The problem is not getting better. It's getting worse because technology has made it so much easier to be able to lure kids in. And thankfully, there are a lot of elected officials aware of it. But I'm just telling you, if your kid has access to a cell phone or a computer, you have got to have conversations with your kid. Don't say it won't happen to your kid because in every single instance of every single person I know who it happened to with their kids, they said it wouldn't happen to their kid. And they're the exact kids it happened to. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. Um, I totally had a brain fart on everything I was just about to say. No, I know what I was going to talk about. I'm sorry. It, it really is one of those days. I, I, I've I been poked and prodded all morning with a physical. And, you know, it was one of those fasting ones as well. So y'all are lucky I was able to get something to eat before the show started, or I would be very hangry on air, and it would hit badly for all of us. Elon Musk. 
I didn't realize the guy was worth over $200 billion. You know, I actually would like uh, to make a lot of money. I, I want I want a house on a lot of land with no neighbors. And then I want a beach house in Hilton Head and a mountain house up in Clayton, George on Lake Burton. That's all I want. And then NetJets or, or Priority Jet or some, I don't even need to own the plane. Just get me on Priority Jet and off I can take my family on vacation. Uh, but I just, I don't know that I would want that much money. Couple million a year in salary would be nice one day if this radio thing takes off. That'd be great. Get me on a lot of stations, bring in some money. That'd be fine. But I just think that that, that much money would would corrupt my soul and, and that of my children. But he's using his money in interesting ways right now. He has bought uh, 9.2% interest in Twitter. Yesterday, a guy said he was leaving Twitter because he did not want to work for a guy like Elon Musk. And it turned out it was a prankster. It wasn't a real guy. But today, it turns out, there have actually been a couple of people who quit Twitter because they did not like the fact that Elon Musk, as of this morning, now has a seat on the board. And it's all about free speech and who can or cannot speak. The head of of Twitter gave an interview, and I want you to listen to this. This is the new CEO of Twitter. Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation. And our moves are reflective of things that we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. The kinds of things that we we do to what about this is to focus less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. One of the changes today that we see is speech is easy on the internet. Most people can speak. Where our role is particularly emphasized is who can be heard. Who can be heard? They want to, anybody can say anything they want on Twitter, but who's going to be elevated to the front of Twitter so that you see them? It's always and forever progressives. The First Amendment doesn't apply to Twitter. They're a private company. And they've got Twitter terms and service, and you don't have to be on the site. It is a hell site I wish I could avoid, but for work, I kind of have to be on there. What is just so interesting is how they apply their rules to the right in ways they don't to the left. And that's why Elon Musk bought in. Uh, the Babylon Bee guys confirmed they were truly banned from Twitter for pointing out that Rachel Levine, the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, is a man. Twitter banned the account, and that's why Elon Musk bought his money. Uh, if he can shake things up there and at least make them apply the rules equally, that would be money well spent. There's a massive fight in my Twitter feed of, do I get the egg salad or the pimento cheese at the Masters? How about both? I mean, behold the healing power of and, people. Come on. I can do it all. All right. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I was actually going to talk about this, and since I spent so much time on the depressing topic of human trafficking, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to talk about this subject. We are, uh, this Sunday is Palm Sunday. Next week is uh, Holy Week. My Good Friday show, for those of you who have never listened to me before, I'm I'm trying with Tim Keller, uh, the, the globally famous theologian who has pancreatic cancer. He is, uh, we're trying to find a time where I can sit down with him. He's, he knows he can't do it live next week during the show. 
Uh, and normally I pre-recorded these, but but I'm less likely to cry if I don't. <laughs> I just do it live. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to get another conversation with Tim Keller scheduled uh, for next Friday, for Good Friday. And obviously I started thinking about it, and I totally forgot that Easter was upon us. So I'm, I'm scrambling, and I decided I want to do a couple of interviews this year instead of just me talking for three hours. Uh, but I just just bear with me here for just a moment because this has been on my mind. I have been going through, uh, and we'll get back to, to more of the news here in just a minute. Just, just let me get through this. I have been going through career stress. Nothing bad, mind you. It's just, you know how sometimes you, you get in a position and you feel like your entire uh, path in life is in the hands of other people and you just, you you feel like you're not in control of things right now. I've been trying, for example, to, to get a meeting scheduled for about three months now with someone and it finally happened. Uh, the, and it, it could be a great thing for, for me and my family and, and this show. And then it fell through. I was very excited. And then it fell through. Now it's it's on the books again. And I'm I'm apprehensive and I'm nervous. And uh, have you ever had one of those situations where, where you just you convince yourself that something's not going to work out? So you might as well like self-sabotage yourself. So you can say, yeah, yeah, of course it wasn't going to work out. Trying to avoid getting into that mindset. Sometimes it can be hard uh, when you, you've, you've got a vision of what you want to do. Life ain't easy, is it? Uh, it? It's 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 been somewhat stressful. Now I don't want to bore you with all of that. I I, I want to say this: I have been trying to put together my thoughts for next Friday's show, and I don't like to do spillover theology because. I know I'll have a lot of people and a growing audience nationwide now, and, and not everyone sees the world the way I do, and I don't want to bore people with it. But I just, I got to say something, because I was reading, yes, it was David Fringe's column on Sunday about kids growing up in panic. And then yesterday, we, we spent an entire long monologue segment on all of the despair coming out of the climate change crowd. The world's going to hell in a handbasket, it seems. We're not doing enough to, to fight global warming. We're not doing enough to reduce emissions. We're not doing enough to get all fossil fuels. Uh, we got war all over the world. People are in despair. Janice Dean is the meteorologist at Fox News who uh, exposed the Cuomo brothers. And there is, man, you want to talk about a depressing story of the day. And uh, trust me, I'm not going to depress you here, but we got to go through the darkness to get to the light. Uh, this is from the New Yorker. This is their major story for their coming issue, the mystifying rise of child suicide. A family tragedy sheds, sheds light on a burgeoning mental health emergency. There is a rise in suicide among boys. There is a rise of suicide among girls. The average age of suicides has been falling for a long time, while the rate of youth suicide has been rising. Between 1950 and 1988, the proportion of adolescents aged between 15 and 19 who killed themselves quadrupled. 
Between 2007 and 2017, the number of children aged 10 to 14 who did so more than doubled. It is extremely difficult to generalize about youth suicide because the available data are so much sparser and more fragmentary than for adult mental illness, let alone in the broader field of developmental psychology. While studies there are, what studies there are, have such varied parameters of age range, sample size, a host of demographic factors as to make collating the information all but impossible. But what we know is that the pandemic exacerbated what was already a crisis about uh, youth suicide. I got to tell you guys, I'm really concerned beyond the pandemic as more and more people become a news-oriented society. There are a lot of people who you can't escape the news now, and news headlines sell on being uh, of despair. The climate change stuff is a, is a good example of this. There are uh, news headlines, if it bleeds, it leads, you know the saying. Same with the climate. Uh, wildfires, which scientists for the last decade have said really aren't related to climate change, are suddenly now all about climate change, according to the press. And all sorts of other horrible issues are coming. And every single issue is related to climate change, according to the media. And, and you know, this gets into religion for me. And I don't mean to, to be disparaging here, people who care about climate change. But when I listen to people talk, you know, uh, if you're of faith, you believe that, that God's kind of in charge of everything. That ultimately, it's either God or the absence of God that's to blame. And with environmentalists now, climate change is a stand-in for God. Famine, climate change, crime, uh, climate change, rise in cancer, climate change, rise in fires, climate change, rise in bad weather, climate change, uh, rise in poverty, climate change, rise in illiteracy, climate change, rise in immigration, climate change, rise in war, climate change. Everything has something to do with climate change. All things work for the good of those called according to climate change. Climate change is all, does all, sees all, knows all. Climate change is all. The name of climate change is I am. I mean, it is. it has become the deity of the left. Everything is explained by, literally, uh, the, the, the migration at the southern border, the illegal immigration, it's climate change. That's what the left now says. The war in Ukraine, climate change. The, the left actually is making this argument that all of these things are about climate change. It's enough to drive people who pay attention to these things to despair. And kids are starting to pick up on the despair. And you've had two years of kids cooped up at home and isolated. Now, I, I got to tell you all something. I I find, and this one, I, I can't escape my, my worldview and, and be in seminary on this one. And I think it kind of explains the nature of man. So you're in the Garden of Eden. Let me set the scene for you just from the Judeo-Christian, even Islam perspective, frankly. You're in the Garden of Eden. God has created everything, and now he creates human beings. In his image and likeness, he makes them. And he makes this guy, and he calls the guy Adam. And what does he say of Adam? Now, now God, the creator of all things, is literally communing with this man in the garden. He, God, walks in the garden, eats with the man, hangs out with the man, 
chats with the man. It's like real bonding time between man and God. And what does God say? He can't be alone. Needs to have somebody else. So he creates Eve, creates a woman. Got to have somebody make the sandwiches in the garden. <laughs> God's not going to make the sandwich for the man. <laughs> Come on. So you got the God of all creation says, look, I mean, I'm no substitute for actually having another human being around. He's got to have another human being around. As much as I find being around other people exhausting, you have to be around other people. And we've lived an isolated existence for two years. Now, whether you buy the story or not, the fact of the matter is we human beings are social animals. We've got to be around other people. And we have lived an isolated existence for two years. And it's starting to have spillover effects on society. It really is starting to uh, have harmful effects on society. Now, I, I live in a family where my family, we're all rather introverts. I'm the extrovert of the family, and I don't like people. And when I say I'm an extrovert, I mean, you, you people think I'm an extrovert. I'm really not. I find it exhausting. If I've got to go hang out with a crowd of people, I need a day where I'm just by myself in the woods fishing or something. I got I to gotta have alone time to just recharge my batteries. And I've got friends who are extroverts who, if they're by themselves, it drives them crazy. And I, I just, I don't get it. I want to be by myself, but occasionally realize I got to have human being contact. And we live in a more and more isolated world. We live in uh, more and more in, in a way that has distracted us from other people relationally. And one of the things that uh, I try to do with you guys, so you guys uh, at least understand my life, is to be as transparent about my whole life with you. Sometimes it drives my family crazy that I tell you guys stuff, but part of that reason is because I want you to know I go through crap too. My life is not perfect. I burned a brisket the other week. I don't know how much brisket is right now, and I burned the damn thing. It's the temper. It wasn't me. It was the thermometer was broken, and I didn't realize it. Life is not perfect for any of us. And man, you get on social media these days, and everybody's life looks better than yours. And you're isolated from everybody else. You don't have human contact. And it makes it easier to despair and to get depressed. And man is not meant to be alone. And we're seeing suicide increases. We're seeing mental health increases. We're seeing a lot of things because the pandemic was so isolating. And I would just encourage you guys to find time to get out and about. And frankly, you have a week and then some to make a plan to find a church to go for Easter. Whether you're a church person or not, it would do you good to go. You could, and now listen, I'm talking to you atheists right now. You atheists who find it all to be a bunch of hooey and nonsense, I'm still telling you, find a church and go next Sunday. If nothing else, it'll give you something to laugh at, but you'll be surrounded by nice people. And all of us need to be surrounded on occasion by people. I realize people are stupid and they're germy but we're supposed to be surrounded by them. The, the amount of despair out there and, and the amount of times that, that we stress out on stuff. Y'all, I've, I've had a lot of stress in my life in the last couple of weeks. It, it has at times been overwhelming. It has times almost wanted to drive me to despair. And just being able to talk to friends and, and have interaction really does you a lot of good. 
There's a lot of awfulness in the world right now. The pictures out of Ukraine are horrible. They're, they're really bad. And I'm kind of incensed by the number of people who think it was the Ukrainians who did it. They just cannot bring themselves to recognize who Vladimir Putin is. There's a lot of despair in the world. What can improve it is just being with other people. And so now I I, I will get directly to the theological thing here. Um, I wrote about this this morning. You know what I think is actually the most important verse in the entire, well, I mean, listen, I can't say the most important, but the one that I find that that, um, really just sticks out to me more than any other is it's the book of Jude. It's a very easy book. If you've if you've never read it, you should. It, it takes all of 15 minutes, if that, to read. And the guy says, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. If you want the backstory here, this is the historic backstory. This is the extra biblical stuff, the stuff we know. This was actually Jesus's half-brother. Some people would say first cousin. And this is a guy who didn't like him, didn't like Jesus, didn't show up at his execution, didn't even want him in his hometown, actually told him to pack up and get out of town, didn't like him, didn't want to be there for his execution, and becomes a leader in the church afterwards and says that his brother, Jesus, was that pillar of cloud and fire who rescued a people out of Egypt. He wound up ultimately believing and I, I find that to be deeply powerful when you know the story of Jude. He and his whole family were ultimately executed uh, by the Romans. The Romans actually historically systematically found every single person who had a bloodline claim to being kin to Jesus and executed him. But here was this guy who before he dies, before he's executed uh, by the Emperor Trajan, writes this wonderful book, very short and easy to read. And one of the things he wants you to know is that uh, the guy he grew up not liking was actually the creator of the universe. And what did this guy do? Well, he got involved with a like-minded group of people and became a leader in the church, the church that he didn't really want to be a part of when he was in life. And I would just encourage all of you right now when you're reading all these headlines because we've gone through some really good times and all of a sudden we're at a point where inflation is bad, the economy is bad, war is bad, the climate is bad, the weather is bad, everything is bad, your job is bad, everything is bad. You need to surround yourself. You've got to make a concerted effort to surround yourself with some people who you can talk about life with. And it is the hardest damn thing to do, particularly when you're like me. You don't like people. But you got to do it for your own good. The New Yorker is running a huge story this month on the rise of childhood suicide. And the biggest factor they can find is the amount of isolation that families have gone through in the past two years. We are not meant to be alone. Even in the Garden of Eden, God had to create somebody to hang out with Adam because he could hang out with God, but it's no substitute for being around other human beings. And you need to think about that, particularly as the headlines continue to get worse out there. Now, your air quality in your house may be bad. And if it is, I would like to recommend the Eden Pure Thunderstorm as a way to clean up the air in your house. What it does is it eliminates odors. It doesn't mask them, it eliminates them. 
And it also gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen in your house. And right now you can get three of them for less than $200. You're actually saving $200 and you get free shipping. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, EdenPureDeals.com. And on the front page of the website, you'll see a discount code box. And you put mine in, Eric3, E-R-I-C-K-3. And you will save $200 and get for less than $200 three of the Eden Pure Thunderstorms. I keep one in my suitcase. I travel with it. My hotel room or rental car stinks. It takes care of it. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. Wherever you are, they can help your business grow. If you need big loans, $750,000 or more for your business, reach out to them. Buying a building, building a building. First Liberty wants to be able to help you get to yes, where banks are saying no. Tell them I sent you. Go to firstlibertyga.com get all their contact info. I, I have not heard this. Yet. We're going to do this together, which I, you're never supposed to do. It's always bad. And like in law school, they teach you never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. Never play audio you haven't already listened to because there may be something bad in it, but we're going to listen to this together because it's an ad from the Democratic Party going after uh, Governor Brian Kemp and Georgia Republicans because they became the 25th state to pass constitutional carry. From the window of a patrol car, I've seen every kind of gun crime you can think of. Dennis is a former patrol officer, they say. Now Brian Kemp wants to make it easier for domestic abusers, violent criminals, and the mentally ill to carry loaded guns at the movies, in church. No permit, no background check. Mr. Kemp, I call that criminal carry. Brian Kemp may talk tough, but he'd make us less safe. Because the last place we want more criminals with guns is here. Now, the Democrats are trying to demonize constitutional carry in Georgia that just passed. Uh, You have to have a background check to buy the gun, and then you legally own it. So why can't you carry it? I don't think this is going to win. This is another one of those bubble issues for Democrats. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building? You want to build a building? Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.